Session 88 of the Law of One. Let's begin the session by talking about the raw contact. Yeah, I'll explain after the intro. Let's begin. This session is going to be heavily concentrated in the tarot, but that's going to be after probably half of the session or half of the questions that we have. And so you're going to see that all, if not um, most, if not all of the questions here are about the raw contacts. And that just means uh, maintenance of the instrument and actually pictures that they had to take or they wanted to take for the book and other details. Uh, there's some small talk about crystals, so perhaps that's something of interest. But mostly this episode, this first part, is going to be about uh, loose questions here and there. So we have been learning a lot, so it's, uh, it's okay to take a break <laughs> and just kind of enjoy some historical facts about this material that we're reading. So. Uh, like I said, there's going to be some talk about maintenance and that always brings about uh, negative entities and everything that is the influence of the raw contact and so on. So interesting stuff, uh, but nothing of a deep study. That's reserved for part two and possibly three of the session for me. Because, yeah, the tarot here gets, gets starts to get a little bit more heavy. So... Uh, we'll get to that, but first let's begin with the first question that I have, which is the usual one from Don saying, could you first please give me the condition of the instrument? And Ross says, the physical complex energy deficit is considerable at this space-time. There has been also a significant loss of the vital energies. However, these energies are still well within the distortion you may call strength. So physical energies are tanked. Let's see what Don asks. Of all the things that you have mentioned before for replenishing these energies, physical energies, at this particular space-time, which would be most appropriate for the replenishment or replenishing of both of these energies, vital and physical? Ross says, as you note, there are many factors which contri contribute to the aiding of the strength distortions and the amelioration of distortion towards weakness in this instrument. We suggest to each that those many things which have been learned be conscientiously applied. We would single out one physical distortion for discussion. The fourth density negative minions which visit your group at this time are energizing a somewhat severe complex of imbalances in the manual appendages of this instrument and to a lesser extent those distortions of the thoracic, uh, thoracic region. We suggest care be taken to refrain from any unnecessary use of these appendages. As this instrument will not appreciate the suggestion, we suggest the appropriate discussion. Okay, so this is all about the energies, Carla, physical, vital, how to replenish them. Uh, Don wants to know, of course, how can we do it more efficiently if there is something that we haven't been doing already. And Ra simply says that um, 
they basically know. They know what has been working in the past, so continue doing that. We suggest that each to each that those many things which have been learned be conscious, conscientiously applied. So at this point, just keep doing what you do. Um, don't worry too much. Just keep doing what you do. Go with the flow. And before they said that there are many factors contributing to the um, to the aiding of the strength distortion. So increasing her strength in both energies and ameliorating or pacifying those distortions towards weakness in Carla. And then they talk about one particular physical distortion, which is the fourth density negative minions that had been, uh, what's the word that they use? Energizing um, a somewhat severe complex of imbalances in the hands, manual appendages or hands. And to a lesser extent, the distortions in the thoracic region. Now, I'm just going to give you my idea as to how this works. Because usually, I mean, I, I'm going to tell you what I would think if I didn't know any better. I would initially think that there are sort of ghostly uh, negative entities flying around and sort of casting some sort of spell on my hands right and causing all of this is that what's happening i don't think so i think that's just our first sort of childish view of how things work we all have that i confess that that's how sometimes i would think of them in the past you know <laughs> that's what i i was uh, taught that there are demons and things that are influencing you and doing, making you do all these things. And so they must be somewhere around me and uh, influencing me somehow, right? So that's the, the most basic visualization that I have. And Ra is saying, quite correctly, you know, the fourth density negative minions, so you can picture them as you will, which visit your group, they're visiting, right? So it seems like they're approaching the group. At this time are energizing a somewhat severe complex of imbalances in the hands and so on. So, and the back, the thoracic region is the upper part of your spine. Um, yeah, Mid-upper mid, uh, mid uh, back. So they're doing something, right? They're causing something. And so how does this work? Well, in my limited understanding and visualization, uh, negative entities are influences, like I have said. They are influences that exist in the rather complex mind of the creator. And these are here to cause, of course, different suggestions for the direction in which we take our life um, and so we perceive them as thoughts as perceptions and you see these perceptions the way they they influence our mind and what we think and what we do and how we behave and how we react and our emotions and everything all of these things 
are present there. They're just part of our mind. It's not, when I say our mind, I'm not talking about the, the encapsulated materialistic uh, mind within the brain. I'm talking about the mind as a whole, as a collective, cosmic, everything. So they are part of our mind, of the mind. And they will influence, depending on what the interaction of the conscious mind is with the world. So we purify ourselves by uh, taking responsibility for everything that we experience and say, this is me. This is all me. There's nobody else. There's, there's just me creating this, right? And so if you have weaknesses, as Ra is suggesting here, right? Um, any of these weaknesses or distortions, they, they don't have to be weaknesses, but we, we say the word weakness as a sort of um, reference for the work that the negative entity is doing. It's, it's taking advantage of a weakness. Uh, but a distortion, I think it's a better word, like Ra uses it. A distortion is a inclination, a bias, um, a tendency to see things or do things in a, in a particular way. So these tendencies can be strengthened or what do they use? Energized. These tendencies can be energized. They could be mental, they could be physical. Uh, and as they are energized, of course, the body is the creature of the mind, as Ra says. And of course, if you energize your mind, your body is going to react. And so you can see it, if I can put it a little bit less metaphysical and more uh, physical. Imagine that there are uh, your mind or your brain, if you want, your brain is influencing your nervous system. Your nervous system is, of course, what directs everything. It's what uh, energizes the whole body. So if there are distortions or weaknesses in the body, then those distortions or weaknesses may be energized to produce certain effects. So what I'm saying is that these influences that are part of our mind until we, um, we integrate them, that's the thing, we need to integrate them as opposed to fight it, you know, we don't need to fight anything. We don't need to declare war on anything. That just energizes it even more because it creates division. So integration of these distortions is what we need. And as we integrate them, they stop being a problem. Uh, that's the thing, you see. They don't have to disappear. They just stop being a problem. So by doing this, um, I'm going a little bit off track here because Ra is just talking about what's happening but i just wanted to give my explanation as to how i see things and that's how i see them there is mental influence that causes physical reactions and so uh, again we can go to that model of saying there are entities they're causing me but then i don't like that because it's just i am the victim of entities and i need to shoo them away and it's not productive in my mind i not to me, but I understand when people like to call it that way, you know. Uh, you're attracting demons to your life and you're doing all of this. I would rather just say that that's what you are right now. That's that's it, you know. Just look at that and it's, it's simpler. It doesn't create all this um, drama and characters in your mind. Or they, they're all fleshed out as a beings and entities. It's just one being influences that's another story 
that's the interaction the transaction uh, the transactional nature of reality but okay then Ra finally says <laughs> uh, in essence so we're suggesting that you're careful and that please talk to Carla because she's not gonna listen <laughs> that's in essence what they said at the, at the end let's move on Question three, Don says, I assume from this that our fifth density negative companion is still on R and R. Is this correct? I confess that I had to look what R and R was when I first read this uh, a couple of years ago. And it's rest and recovery or recuperation or something else. But that's what it is. Ross says, as an answer to it, your fifth density companion is not accompanying you at this time. However, it is not resting. So, uh, remember we talked about fourth density minions doing the influence on Carla? Uh, we can get a little bit more of the nature of these influences on Carla's mind as they are temptations, temptations of some sort. So these are lower temptations compared to fifth density in which they potentiate the ego uh, or anything derived from it, you see? Uh, anything that takes away your um, your focus, your emphasis of life into what is, what you are. So it takes you away to what you're not. Uh, so those are four density, potentiating that, and there is fifth density now doing uh, more heavy work, if you will. The, these are more uh, deep, influences i suppose and it has to do i guess with the type of information that you're dealing with uh, in my opinion this is how i see it i believe that they're only capable of influencing you by uh, the amount of work that you're doing at the moment because i'm talking about spiritual work if you're going really deep then you might encounter these uh, influences this is not to be afraid of course because if you're doing this type of work then, of course, you are capable of dealing with these temptations or um, what should I call it? I don't want to use the word attack, but we can use attack as well. Uh, confrontation, that's, that's a better word. Confrontation in the sense that you will be confronted by its opposite. So there's a whole discussion that we can definitely get into here because fascinating stuff. Uh, I'll only mention one thing that I recently told, uh, told to one of my students. And this was that when we meditate, we are in essence confronting all of these entities. Because these entities are, if you will, the ones that are uh, suggesting all these, whatever it is that you're meditating and it's coming as negative self-talk and all these things, that's exactly what negative entities are. Just sit down with yourself. If you want to, if you want to look at negative entities, just sit down with yourself. <laughs> just sit there and watch it. Just watch what happens. So we're dealing with all of this all the time. You know, This is the classic, I mean, we have Jesus and Buddha and um, I think it's Saint Thomas who you know, are depicted in very beautiful images uh, depending on the artist, as being still and yet surrounded by demons. You see, that's that's the essence of the way I interpret this art, of course. 
this is Jesus in the desert, uh, 40 days of fasting and, you know, uh, the whole isolation thing, right? And who visited him? <laughs> it wasn't God. It was the devil himself, you see? So you are tempted, you know, you are you're pulled by... Uh, by these entities which want you to get involved in material reality they want you to get involved in this separation and so on so yeah it's a fascinating topic in and of itself i won't get into more details but yeah let's let's go on don says question four is the sensor we have provided all rights they do go out prior to the end of the session would it be better if it did not go out prior to the end of the session? Ross says, the new configuration of the sensor is quite helpful to the more subtle patterns of energy surrounding these workings. It would be helpful to have a continuously burning amount of sense. However, the difficulty is in providing this without overpowering this enclosure with the amount of effluvium and physical product of combustion. Having to choose betwixt allowing the sensor to finish its burning and having an overabundance of the smoke, we would suggest the former as being more helpful. So, very simple question. They're burning incense and that, you know, it's causing a sort of harmony in the environment and the whole room, which uh, I can picture it being so, uh, so in balance. <laughs> you know, in balance, I-N space balance, not imbalanced. Um, and so, yeah, there's there's smoke going around the, the room. And is it better if we keep burning throughout the session, the sense, because it gets, um, it's, it's done, you know, what do they last, 30 minutes, 40 minutes or so? So it burns out uh, fast compared to the sessions, which were about an hour on average, maybe a little bit more sometimes, an hour and a half, 40 minutes when they were short. So Don wants to know, is it better to keep them, you know, keep, I guess, buy better or other incense that you can uh, burn for longer? And Ra says, in essence, you know, we don't want, or it's more detrimental to have so much smoke because it would be overpowering for the room. Uh, so, yeah, mm, having to choose between overpowering the room or allowing the, the incense to, you know, stop, it's probably better to let it stop and it would be fine. Yeah, uh, that makes sense to me. You don't want an overpowering smell in the room, which uh, is too much and starts causing, you know, breathing problems. No. Enough, that's it. I like it. Let's move on to the next question. Don says in question five, the instrument has mentioned what she refers to as bleed through or being aware during these sessions sometimes of the communication. Would you comment on this? It's pretty interesting here. Ra says, we have the mind-body-spirit complex of the instrument with us. As this entity begins to awaken from the metaphorical crib of experiencing light and activity in our density, it is beginning to be aware of the movement of thoughts. 
it does not grasp these thoughts any more than your third density infant may grasp the first words it perceives. The experience should be expected to continue and is an appropriate outgrowth of the nature of these workings and of the method by which these or this instrument has made itself available to our words. Okay, so here we have again, I think this is the third time we talk about what happened to Carla or the sense of Carla being a human or somebody during the sessions because these were unconscious channeling, meaning that Carla was unconscious, she wasn't there. She didn't recall anything. Ah, but at this point, apparently, I don't know, Carla didn't comment on this in the commentary, beginning session 88. Um, there is a commentary here, by the way. If you know, book five has, I think it's around 40 or 50 sessions where there is commentary, but they're only commentary because they excluded some questions that were personal. We're gonna get into some right after question six, I think. So, um, yeah, just to give you a little bit more of uh, knowledge if you didn't know this. So book five was, um, there is commentary only on the sessions that they excluded questions. Why? Because book five was the release of those questions that they didn't cover. And when, when they released them, then they made some commentary. So if they were talking about, for example, the infamous session eight, where <laughs> there was talk about the secret government and the UFOs that they have been building and so on. Um, they made commentaries there. So they talked about, oh, well, these questions were excluded because we didn't want this and uh, the government was tapping on our phones and so on. So, you know, classic things that they did in the past. They don't do it anymore, right? <laughs> they don't need to tap phones anymore. Google knows everything. Hello, Google. Um, See, so even my phone will react to that. <laughs> um, so, okay, these, um, uh, these commentaries are present only in those sessions. And in this session, there are some excluded questions that talk about Crystal, which is kind of interesting too. I don't know why would they exclude these, but I, I kind of like them. They are, uh, there's something important, especially in this age where everybody has crystals now. So I gotta take care of those crystals, my friend. So, okay, so uh, where was I going with all of this? Oh yeah, so Carla didn't make any comments on this, which is kind of interesting to me because uh, she was starting, according to Don's question, she was reporting that she was having some bleed through experience, bleed through, it goes through. Um, it, it filters out, it distills, it discerns, it filters, yes, through. Uh, some of the experiences that she was having while unconscious. So she was having some recollection of what was happening throughout the session. So, what's happening to her mind or mind-body-spirit complex uh, is that, remember, she was taking to sixth density. So the mind-body-spirit complex as it was, wasn't wandering. It was taken to sixth density with Ra. She was taking, being taken care of. 
Uh, I love it that they use the word crib and they say metaphorical crib <laughs> of experiencing light and activity. It's a mind, body, spirit complex of third density being held in sixth density. Um, oh, it's just so beautiful. Being held there for um, just to take care of her. <laughs> they were their nannies at that point. Oh, it's so cute. I love it. So. After a while, she was beginning to become aware of the movement of, movement of thoughts. See, of I love that they don't talk about space and the sun and all this. It's just thought. There is mind and there is thoughts. Uh, everything is made out of thoughts. So she was beginning to become aware of these thoughts. And they continued the metaphor by saying, it does not grasp these thoughts any more than your third density infant may grasp the first words it perceives. So while Carla was there, she was uh, Carla, my, the mind body spirit complex that Carla represented was there. There was some filtering through after some time. It's a, uh, you can imagine this as being I guess it's not even. No, I won't use that. Yeah, I can't. I can't bring any anything that is similar, because being unconscious. Maybe somebody who is in a coma may have some recollection of some something happening. I don't know what happens to a mind-body-spirit complex when is the body is in a coma. Um, it would be interesting to see more, I don't know, but it would be interesting to see uh, the details of people who have been in a coma for prolonged times, years maybe, months perhaps. So something like that maybe, uh, but I don't know. The thing is that this is what's happening. And I suppose this, this perception of thoughts is something similar as to when you when you meditate and you start to become aware of deeper portions of your mind and things that you cannot explain but you begin to see more of that landscape and yeah it's it's poorly described in words you just know that there something was happening you don't know what it is you just know that something is happening there um, beyond thought beyond intuition beyond anything and so, yes, I, that's the, the closest thing I can, I can bring that I am aware of, that I have experienced. And again, it's not something that I can even talk about because it's just, there is just something in there that it won't let you go. It's just, it traps you in, in the good way. I mean, that it just, uh, it seduces you and, and enthralls you. It just, yeah, it's, it's makes you fall in love with it and you don't know what it is it's just happening so anyhow ross says that the experience should be expected to continue um because as she keeps doing the sessions she'll be experiencing more of that light and it's an appropriate outgrowth of the nature of these workings and of the method by which this instrument has made itself available to our words and so not only is it an outgrowth of the nature of the work in itself, but by Carla or yeah, Carla being available to, to Ra. So uh, surrendering to them. So 
It's all a side effect of doing this work. Next question. Question six, Don says, the instrument mentioned a recurrence of the need for going to the bathroom prior to the session. Is this because of the low vital energy? Ra explains rather lengthy here. It is part of the cause of the lower vital energy level. This entity has been sustaining a level of the distortion you call pain, which few among your peoples experience without significant draining of the energies. Indeed, the stability of the entity is notable. However, the entity has thusly become drained and further and further has felt all the distortions such as those for a variety of experiences accentuated. For this is one means of balancing the inward looking experience of the physical pain. Due to concern for this entity, such activities have been discouraged. This has further drained the entity. So this is all about Carla's energies and it started with a question that she has to go to the bathroom too often before the session, it seems, right? Need to go to the bathroom prior to the session, yes. Um, so Ra explains again. Hmm. In part, this is because of the low vital energies. Low vital energies are because of uh, different uh, influences that we've talked about already. Uh, this entity has been sustaining a level of the distortion you call pain. This is interesting because Carla was in so much pain all her life, but she got used to it and she got used to it to the degree in which she was uh, capable of doing work. She was, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, she was capable of, um, she was functional, that's the word I'm looking for. She was very functional for the amount of pain and uh, disabilities that she had with her hands and her feet and her whole body, really. Uh, so I I appreciate that Ra says that few among your peoples experience without significant draining of these energies. So somebody else would have been depleted right away. This reminds me of Julie who suffers from uh, very debilitating migraines and somehow she's able to just be functional and even laugh, you know, in the presence of pain. Pain is something that we should all kind of get used to and not uh, fight or shy away from. I, I know I'm asking something that, again, is very controversial because in our society, we're all about lowering pain, you know, and taking away pain because pain is undesired and we're just like babies who are medicated all the time because we have pain. I am not, you know, in any way mocking, you know, painkillers or people who rely on analgesics and so on. I'm just saying that society has been created around painkillers and all of this. And this is not just the physical sense, but in the mental as well. Uh, as well. Uh, especially now with the very sensitive society that we have, which everything is offensive. Everything is, oh, I feel offended by this. Oh, these people are saying this. That's creating even more sensitivity to pain. The more you avert it, the burning, the higher or, um, 
the bigger the fire is going to be, the more it's going to burn. So we need to be um, tolerant of some healthy doses of pain. And that would increase our capacity to be fine with life. The more you applicate these pains, then the more sensitive you become. And guess what? You become very edgy. You become very um, easily offended. And so, as I have read somewhere, if you're easily offended, you're easily manipulated. Not only by people, but by, you know it, negative entities. Voila. Okay. So Carla was lovingly accepting of her pain. And so the entity has thusly become drained and further has been... Uh, okay, so she was drained, felt other distortions such as as those for a variety of experiences accentuated, not sure what that means in terms of her life, for this one means of balancing of inward-looking experience of the physical pain. Such activities have been discouraged. Due to concern for this entity, such activities have been discouraged. Oh, okay, so now this, isn't, this is actually very important. Let me reread it because there is a beautiful, brilliant golden nugget here. The entity has thusly become drained and further has felt other distortions, such as those for a variety of experiences accentuated. Those I don't know. For this is one means of balancing the inward-looking inward experience of the physical pain. One means of balancing the inward-looking experience of the physical pain. That sounds to be like going into your pain as opposed to fighting away or distracting yourself or um, moving away from the pain. Inward-looking experience of the physical pain. It's a balancing method. I like it. Um, but apparently, due to concern for Carla, such activities have been discouraged. And this has further drained Carla. So, I guess for some reason she wasn't looking inwardly. Oh my god, I wish Carla had commented on this. This is so important. Maybe somebody else knows. I don't know. In any case, let's go read the next paragraph. But this is important. The inward looking uh, when you have pain is, is an important thing. But I won't talk about that. That's a whole different topic. Let's read the next paragraph. Ross says, The will to be of service to the Creator through the means of offering itself as instrument in these workings, therefore, was given an opportunity for the testing of resolve. Okay, this entity used some vital energy to fuel and replenish the will. No physical energy has been used by the instrument, but the vital energies were tapped so that this entity might have the opportunity to once again consciously choose to serve the one infinite creator. So I guess we're explaining here the nature of the draining of the vital energies in Carla, and it seems that due or despite all of the things that we talked about before, her pain, the draining of physical energy and vital energies because of this and so on, she still had this dedication, this devotion to serve the Creator through the means of being an instrument for this contact. And so she used some vital energy to fuel and replenish the will. So this is what she used basically to do the session. No physical energy has been used, um, but the vital energies were tapped 
so that she would have the opportunity to again serve the one infinite creator through the contact with Ra. Period. That's it. Um, that does it for me. I hope it did for you. I know it sounds complicated, but I guess you just have to follow all the terms and what's happening and why Carla wanted to do this and how she did it and what was her condition, physical and vital and limitations and so on. All part of this story. Let's go to question seven. Question seven, Don says, is the small crystal that the instrument uses upon her upon her during the session of any... Yeah, I read that terribly. Is the small crystal that the instrument uses upon her during the session of any benefit or detriment? Th these are the questions, three questions uh, from book five that were excluded in the original books. Ross says, this crystal is beneficial as long as he who has charged it is functioning in a positively oriented manner. I'll go through them and then I'll talk about it. Don says, who charged the crystal? Ra says, the crystal, the crystal was charged for use by this instrument by the one known as Neil. Some friend, I suppose. Then Don cleverly asks, it would be an abridgment of the first distortion to tell me or tell us whether he is still functioning in a positive manner, will it not? And Rock says, we perceive you have replied to your own query. I love that answer. <laughs> you have answered your own question, my friend. Um, so, okay, here's the discussion on crystals. Uh, crystals are powerful um, objects. And my assumption is because they represent in the physical mineral form the crystallization process which is balancing and allowing or strengthening of light in a certain way so a crystal can be crystal clear and let uh, light pass in a, in a particular way or it can concentrate that light into that particular uh, spectrum of it one that it wants to uh, radiate right we humans do the same thing. We crystallize ourselves in certain ways and we channel the light of, um, oh my God, anybody who plays StarCraft <laughs> would understand why I got this channel the light of ire. <laughs> uh, maybe there's one nerd around the audience that knows StarCraft and knows what I meant. <laughs> Um, but yeah, channel the light of the creator uh, in one way or another. That's what we are. We're crystal beings. But in any case, when you get a crystal from somebody, that person, now you're going to be all freaked out, right? You're going to be thinking, oh my God, all the crystals that I have and people have given me, do they have good intentions? Are they acting in a negative way? <laughs> well, relax. Uh, it's not as bad as it sounds. It does say, Ra does say, you know, that in, in the previous question, um, question, yeah. The first one, the crystal is beneficial as long as the one who charged it and gave it to Carla is functioning in a positively oriented manner. So there you go. Who gave you the crystal? You know, was it your ex? Oh my God! What are you gonna do with that crystal now? <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, yeah, you can you can still purify your crystals. I think Carla did say this in the commentary because I read it. 
um, in at the beginning of the session that you can sit you know with your crystal and you know charge it yourself and uh, yeah you can make it your own so don't don't flip out <laughs> don't call your ex and tell him are you still positive ah <laughs> uh, you can joke about this all day it's funny it really is i know you're laughing at least you're smiling or at the very least there is a little bit of extra air blowing out of your nostrils in um sign of uh, amusement <laughs> all right so yes that's that's crystals so they are um they're charged they have the energy of the person but you can make it your own and of course the environment in which they are they they capture that so again uh, that's just my my way of saying it carla said it too but rod did mention that um yeah, as long as the, the crystal was charged by somebody still acting positively, then it's okay. Let's move to the final questions we have here before we get into the tarot. Don says, question 10. Our publisher requests pictures for the book. The Law of One, that, that's the title of the book, if you didn't know. <laughs> that is going to press at this time. God, I can read this better, I promise. Our publisher requests pictures for the book, The Law of One, that is going to press at this time. Would you comment on the advisability, benefit or detriment, magical or otherwise, of us using pictures of this particular setup, the instrument and the appurtenances in the book? So, at this point, I guess they were publishing the first book or the first books i'm not sure but don says for the book singular so yeah Ra, can we take pictures Ra says the practical advisability of such a project is completely a product of your discrimination there are magical considerations firstly if pictures be taken of a working the visual image must needs be that which is that is it is well for you to photograph only an actual working and no sham or substitution for any material there shall be no distortion which this group can avoid any more than we would wish distortions in our words and since i feel frisky <laughs> talking about uh this uh <laughs> so no sham in the pictures no substitution of any material take the pictures as they are so what happens to those pictures on instagram that we take <laughs> you know with ourselves so happy in a very beautiful setting in the background um and then you know it's it's not <laughs> it's not true uh, i'm saying this because there is this long um view of instagram influencers who live a very miserable life they're very depressed but they have built their image based on, you know, looking happy in different places all around the world and so on. And so if it, it's a kind of sad depiction of how our society has grown into um, uh, facades, into, you know, showing people, oh, this is who I am. We all have been somewhat... Um, touched by this whether in our own life experience or 
somebody else who is close to us or just simply that which doesn't seem to be legit right and isn't that what we're uh, what we're trying to move away from that which is not that's why Ross says and I love it because this is the positive way of looking at things genuine spontaneous real right uh, pictures to be taken in a working with the visual image must needs be that which is the way it is so how would that look for the influencers on Instagram or uh, I even youtubers anybody who has become I mean actors and so on they it's it's kind of sad you know that there is so much uh, sadness darkness in these people and they still have to put up this this act just to conform with whatever they created and there's there's so much compassion and love for the people who actually come down and say you know I've been living a miserable life and suddenly you know like light starts shining on them it's beautiful so okay um, Ra is simply saying if you're gonna take pictures of this please take it as it is no distortions which this group can avoid any more than we would wish distortions in our words that's pretty serious I mean <laughs> Ra has a very heavy language here and the way they talk is very um, as, as pure as possible I'm not gonna say pure it's impossible but as pure as possible so the pictures must reflect that what else do they say about the pictures secondly it is inadvisable to photograph the instrument or any portion of the working room while the instrument is in trance mm -hmm. this is a narrow band contact and we wish to keep electrical and electromagnetic energies constant when their presence is necessary and not present at all otherwise so that's a pretty delicate metaphysical uh, consideration there when she was in trance this could disrupt something we don't know what could happen I don't know I don't dare to speculate but uh, yeah something uh, unpleasant may happen if this I'm assuming or something that may cause a, a big distortion whether that be in the channeling or in Carlos mind body I don't know but it is inadvisable as Ross says so again these were all directions for how to take the pictures um, I feel I haven't listened to this and I won't listen to it now but I think Don kind of interrupted Ra here because in the next question he says this is question 11 he says I'm sorry go ahead if you meant to continue continue if not I'll ask a question and so Ra finishes and says we wish to state thirdly that one once the instrument is aware that the picture taking will be performed <laughs> picture taking oh, you gotta love Ra um, so when she's aware <laughs> that the picture taking will be performed that during the entire picture taking whether before or after the working the instrument be required to continuously respond to speech thus assuring that no trance is imminent <laughs> uh, I'm sorry I'm, I'm feeling funny right now but picture taking sounds like something um, an elder person would talk <laughs> would say about technology 
<laughs> uh, you know, the color box or something like that. It's unfunny. Ra, you rascal. <laughs> Ra, skull. Get it? All right, I gotta, I gotta dial down my, my comedian side. <laughs> I know you'd like it, but I gotta, I gotta maintain some sort of uh, posture here. You know, <laughs> it's gonna be of my reputation. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I really don't. All right, so, <laughs> so yeah, this is another important thing, I guess. While she was, because everything had to be legitimate and genuine. Carla had to be, it's not like, oh, let's fake that we're going to do a, a, a session. No, let's do it and take pictures while we're doing it. So none of that hanky-panky, uh, fakey stuff. It's going to be legit. So Carla's going to be in a place, space, posture, everything, ready for trends, ready for contact. So... It was a good advice actually to talk to her all the time to make sure that she was there. So, um, you know, she wasn't entering the trends. Very interesting actually, very interesting. So, yeah, I love it. I simply do. Okay, let's go to the next question. Probably the last one for today. Long one too. <clears throat> Don says, from what you have told me then, I have planned the following. We will, after a session is complete and the instrument has been awakened before moving the instrument, have the instrument continually talk to us while I take pictures of the configuration the instrument is in at this time. In addition to this, I will take some other pictures of the instrument in the other room and probably ourselves too just for additional pictures of us as requested by the publisher. Is this optimal or one of the optimal fillings of this requirement? Ross says, yes, we ask that any photographs tell the truth, that they be dated and shine with the clarity so that there is no shadow of any but genuine expression which may be offered to those which seek truth. We come as humble messengers of the law of one desiring to decrease distortions. We ask that you, who have been our friends, work with any considerations such as above discussed, not with the thought of quickly removing an unimportant detail, but as in always regard such as another opportunity to, as the adept must, be yourselves and offer that which is and that which is in and with you without pretense of any kind. I have to confess that as I read this, I am being, uh, I'm being taught by Ra. This is, this is beautiful. I honestly, it, it may sound strange that out of all the questions that we have in this material, 8812 is so impactful. There is so much packed here that a lot should be taken into consideration. 
honestly. Alright, the premise here is simple. Let me just go... Um, Don wanted to take pictures because the publisher of the book was saying, let's take some pictures, you know, so it goes to the book, yada, 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 we go to this, we go to that. Uh, Ron says, okay, just take genuine pictures and that's it, right? No, there's so much more in here. Yes, they're basically saying be genuine, don't, don't fake anything and so on. But this is such a good example for our lives, you know, and how we behave and how much do we darken ourselves when we behave towards others. How many things do we repress? How many things do we um, not tell truth? Or that we simply keep in the shadows of ourselves. See? We ask that any photographs tell the truth. That they be dated, okay, that's fine. And shine with a clarity so that there is no shadow of any but genuine expression which may be offered to those which seek truth. This is an expression, so this is communication. Right speech, we would say in, uh, in Buddhism, or right action as well, right? Because this is the expression of you as you are, that which is. Ra states, we come as humble messengers of the law of one, desiring to decrease distortions. So we don't want any more weird interpretation of what we're saying in our presence here. Not because they're so uh, careful about themselves, because they don't care about themselves, they care about the reaction here. It's the interaction that they have here that has caused, of course, uh, pyramids is probably their biggest lesson. <laughs> Why did you give us that? Um, and so many other things, but yeah, I think the pyramids was the biggest influence by Ra. So much so that Ra is known simply as the Egyptian god, isn't it? Again, and now they're even talking interpersonally with them when they say, we ask that you who have been our friends work with any consideration such as above discussed. They're not saying just with, um, with the pictures, but they're saying Please work with the, any considerations such as above discussed. So this wasn't just an advice for the pictures. They say, not with the thought of quickly removing an unimportant detail. You see, it's not about removing anything, but as in always regard such as another opportunity to, as the adept must be yourselves and offer that which is in and with you without pretense of any kind. I'm actually going to reread this so many times myself that I'm going to advise you, please reread it. This is this, this paragraph right here is such a great suggestion, consideration. Um, seriously, this is in all sincerity. Yeah, this is 
This is the advice of life. Can I reread it again? As in always, regard such as another opportunity, such, regard the picture taken, I guess, such as another opportunity too, as the adept must be yourselves. So take this opportunity to be yourself and offer that which is in and with you. That which is in and with you without pretense of any kind. Don't pretend. Don't have any... Uh, see, don't be pretentious with who you are. Fear of being loved. Fear of being rejected. What kind of fear is there in you that doesn't allow to be you at all times with everybody? That's that's the thing, you know. Sometimes we buy these fears and say, well, you know, it's... A, I need to behave this way, otherwise people are going to think this about me. So what? I mean, as long as you're not hurting anybody. And uh, But if you feel that, oh, I'm going to look like a fool. Well, you are a fool. <laughs> we're going to get into the tarot and we're going to talk about the fool. You are the fool. You're everything. And the fool is the most important card to me. My favorite one. Um, because it is. You know, life. Life is not serious. It's about being foolish, not foolish in the sense that we have gotten this word as, you know, oh, you're ignorant fool. No, just foolish as children are, you know, or as senile people are. You know, we kind of love them for that, fool. Pets are foolish, dogs especially, <laughs> cats as well. Uh, but yeah, you know, that, that's, that's it, that's what we love. It's when we get into the structure of being, you know, I, I, I gotta be this person, you know, I gotta be this title, and I must be, I must be, I must. No, you don't. So, yeah, there's so much here. And just being you. Great bridge to say the word conclusions. I'm just going to make a, a bridge, like I said, to this as you see let's put everything aside everything negative entities higher densities Ra Christ Buddha whatever let's put all of that aside the most incredible advice which I see here in this paragraph was incredible advice is be spontaneous. You see, even that, it, it's, it's not possible. You cannot be spontaneous. Being is spontaneous in and of itself. That's it. Allow yourself to be spontaneous. Allow yourself to be the way you're supposed to be. No thinking. Thinking is what gets in the way of you being <laughs> where you want to be. Because you think and then you stop and you measure and you say, oh, inappropriate. Not now. So being spontaneous is, yeah, just learn from yourself. Learn from the only thing that you can learn from, which is you. You can't learn from somebody else. They may influence and trigger some things in you that... Again, it'll cause some sort of flaring in you and then you can learn from yourself. 
See, thank you <laughs> for triggering. Uh, we become grateful of all catalysts at a certain point in our evolution because we say, oh, look at this. This is igniting something in me, something new. Love, hate, sadness, creepiness, whatever. All of that is there to, to be seen. But if you have to act and play a part, and how much do we do this, is the question. How much are we unaware that it goes automatically in ourselves that we act this way? So, it's um, I'm actually humbled, I have to admit. I, I've read this, I read it, this is the first time I actually read it, it with this um, with this in mind but when I read it before it was just okay just be genuine taking the pictures blah 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 let's go to the next question let's what else did Don say you know we I read this material the first time just wanted to know what's next what's next what's next then you read it again and you start digesting a little bit more but I've never read it this way and it's just so beautiful such a great advice especially when they say we ask that you who have been our friends work with any considerations such as above discussed so basically you my friends please we ask you to be or work or be with those considerations that we talked about before don't create a facade of yourself don't don't disguise it be who you are and learn from it learn from yourself know yourself and then accept yourself that makes you become the creator. With those beautiful words, I end this first part, reminding you that we're gonna get heavy into Tarot, not so heavy, but yeah, we're gonna begin the heaviness of the Tarot and the archetypical mind um, in the next parts, and part three as well, yes. We're gonna still talk about Tarot for the rest of the session, so this was the light part of session 88. I have nothing else to say, but thank you. Thank you for listening and considering this timeless, timeless advice that Ra gave here and that I just simply molded into my own, uh, my own slant. I appreciate you, my friend. Have a good day, good night, wherever you are. And I'll see you in part two of session 88.